Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 17. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place, and then go in disgrace, would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you may be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you and you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Something I hear often from my non-church-going friends, from my friends who are agnostic, atheist, or may have just lost faith in organized religion, is that the Bible has no bearing on our lives. They say the most recent part was written almost 2,000 years ago, some of it centuries older than that. And it's not really applicable to our lives. And on one hand, it's easy to see that because it's full of uh, written in a society that we don't understand. When tax collectors are, are evil people and despised, when, when people who are sick and ill are cast to the outside of society, when people rode camels and donkeys. Now, I personally believe that Scripture still talks to us today, that, dog, dog, that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit when we read Scripture and it's a living word speaking to us each day. But it's easy to see how someone could get bogged down in the words and the ideas behind it. Sometimes it's hard to hear what God is saying. And today's scripture is, is evidence of that. It, Jesus is at a, a banquet, a wedding feast. And he watches the people come in and take seats of honor. And he tells them, when you come to a banquet... Don't go to the place of the highest honor because someone more distinguished, more important than you might come in. And then the host will have to come to you and say, no, you've got to move back down and think how embarrassing that would be. But instead, go to the place of the lowest honor. And the host will come to you, friend, move up, and everyone will see how important you are. And as I read that, I thought, where does that happen today? 
How is this applicable to our lives in any way? The weddings I've been to have been assigned seating. When I gather at meals and banquets with friends, it's whoever sits wherever. There's no place of honor. There, you know, no one cares who's at the head of the table. At our house, Hannah sits at the head of the table. And while that might be because she runs our house, it also might be because that way Heather and I can flank her and keep her under control as best we can. When Hannah watches TV, she finds a show and she fixates on it. And this week in Flipping Channels, we landed on HBO and the new Peanuts movie was on. And it was Charlie Brown and his quest for the little red-headed girl. And it says she moves to school and he's trying to figure out how to win her over. And then one day they're sitting eating lunch and he sees her go up to the table where Peppermint Patty and where Lucy are. And he goes, oh, she's sitting at that table? Now I'll never have a chance. And I realized where this is applicable. In high school cafeterias. <laughs> if ever there's a caste system in our society, it is in high school cafeterias. If you think about the geekiest person you from high school going to sit at the table with the most popular people, chances are they'd be asked to leave, probably made fun of, probably humiliated. But I don't think that's what Jesus was talking to. I don't think this was about high school society. Instead, I think it talks about some of the broader issues that Jesus often raises up. About how we should humble ourselves. How we should think that we aren't as important as we like to think we are. That we should empty ourselves. If we walk around with our chest puffed up thinking we're so very important, we're going to start to believe that. And we do, that we'll start to think that we could depend on ourselves and there is no room for God. So Jesus is talking about keeping ourselves humble. And if someone recognizes us and moves us up, that's all the better. But we shouldn't go in, kick it down the door, thinking we are the top, top, the God's gift to this party and sit wherever we want. We should go remember that we are a lowly creature of God and that we depend on God. And that we aren't near as important or as powerful or as respected as we think. But then Jesus goes on and it's almost like two different scriptures. And he says, and when you do throw a banquet, don't invite your brother, don't invite your neighbor, don't invite your your rich friend, hoping that when they throw a party, you'll get invited instead. Instead, invite the poor, the blind, the crippled, the lame, invited the people that don't go to parties and don't have parties. Then you will be blessed, not because they're going to invite you to their party, but because you have done God's work. Because you have been righteous. Because you've reached out to somebody in love. And I thought, there's the money in this verse. That's what it's all about. And I thought immediately of the classic movie, Silence of the Lambs. Not type the movie you think would be brought up in a sermon, but there's one scene between Hannibal Lecter and Clarice when Clarice is trying to get information from him, and he says, quid pro quo, Clarice. I give you something, you give me something. And that's how the people approached these parties, these banquets. They would invite people hoping they can get something in return. It was measuring the cost, the price, versus the benefits they might get. 
My fantasy football draft is tonight. It's a league I've been in with people from seminary for 13 years. It's something we look forward to. And honestly, the draft is the best part of the entire league because we're all online talking smack with each other and having a good time. But during the draft, we measure the cost of drafting someone versus what they can get you in return. But it's a game. It's, we treat these players like commodities, but that's not how we treat actual people. But that's how these parties were. Guests were treated as commodities. Oh, if I invite Billy, then he'll invite me to his big, rich gala. If I invite Susan, she's having a wedding in a couple weeks, I'll get invited to that, and everyone who's important is going to be there. People invite something, people hoping to get something in return. And Jesus says that's not how we should approach things. And I think as a church, so often we do that. So often we decide to have a ministry, a mission, an event. And we think about how's this going to benefit us? What's this going to do for the United Parish of Bowie? For the First Baptist Church of Smithville? For whatever church they may be part of? Questions often sound like, well, will this help the church grow? Will this bring people into the church? How is this going to help us? When I was in Illinois, I helped to start a food ministry, part of an angel food network, where we uh, helped provide food to 30 to 40 low-income families each month. And after this had been going on about six months, I had two or three elders come to me and say, Chris, we're really excited about this but when are these people going to start coming to church? Should we keep doing this if it's not bringing people into the church? That's what Jesus was talking about. They neglected the part that we were helping people in need. We were reaching out to people. They were providing a need because these were children of God just as we are. We weren't seeking to get anything in return. If they visited us one Sunday, great. If they never graced our doors, we're still meeting a need. We're still doing the work that Christ called us to. So when we have our kickoff Sunday, when we have trunk or treat, when we have art and music camp, if none of those people come to their church, we've still filled a need for them. We don't do it hoping to to grow the church. We do it because it's what Christ commands us to do to reach out in love, to reach out to our community, to provide for those in need. Because we are all God's children. We could take this quid pro quo idea even further. And when we approach theology with an idea of what's in it for me, we end up with a broken theology. But unfortunately, that's why so many people decide to follow Christ. They decide to follow Christ because they want eternal life. That's not why I follow Christ. I believe that Christ died for my sins and because of that, I will inherit eternal life. That I am promised a place in the kingdom of heaven. And I don't think there's anything I can do to earn that. So nothing I do is worthy of that. 
So I don't follow Christ trying to earn that place in heaven. Instead, I follow Christ because of what Christ has already done for me. I follow Christ out of thanksgiving, not out of trying to earn something. If we're following Christ because we're trying to earn our way to heaven, then we aren't worshiping God, we're worshiping ourselves. And we aren't serving God, we're serving ourselves. It might seem like it's picking words and it's a very small difference, but that small difference makes all the difference in the world. We follow Christ out of thanksgiving, not out of trying to earn salvation. Because we're broken people. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. So when we throw a party, we should invite the broken among us, the poor, the desperate, the lonely, the blind, the lame, the cast off, the disenfranchised, the people who we can't gain anything from. So we invite them with no agenda but loving them, of reaching out to them just as Christ reached out to us, of loving them just as Christ loved us. These two verses seem like they are separate verses, but when we put them together, we realize that when the poor and the cast off are among us, we still take our place at the bottom. We take the place of the least honor. We say we are no better than you. We are just fellowshipping with you because you are God's creation just as we are God's creation. So yes, we might not have places of honor around the table anymore. We might not have hosts tell us, oh, I'm sorry, you can't sit there. Except in church, if you sit in someone else's pews, then you might get that. But we still have a lesson to learn from this. The Spirit still speaks to us. And it tells us that we are to reach out, hoping to get nothing in return. We're not to worry about our costs, but instead just count our blessings. And we're to love all among us. And we're to realize that we are not better than anyone. We're not better than anyone in this room. We're not better than anyone outside of this room. We're all creatures of God. We've all been created in God's image. We're all loved by God and we are called to love one another. Amen.